I'm Timothy Chandler. Hey, Eintracht Frankfurt Podcast. Congratulations to 200 episodes. Keep on going and let's do it. And welcome back to Hey, Eintracht Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything there is to know the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt, the best club in the Bundesliga, the best club in Germany, the best club in Europe, the best club in the world for that matter. As 2021 uh, will show, we are not a little bit biased. I am your host, Brian and Casey. You can find me on Twitter at KCSGE. Follow the show on Twitter. That is at HEFPod. Follow us on Facebook. That is Facebook.com slash HEFPod. Follow us on Instagram. That is Hey Eintracht Frankfurt. And of course, you can always uh, drop us an email line. That is uh, Hey Eintracht Frankfurt at gmail.com. All those various ways to get in touch with us. Also, search on Discord, Hey Eintracht Frankfurt. Get put into the waiting room. We'll let you in. Once you prove that you do love the Eagles. And yeah, that's all the ways that you can get in contact with us these days, unless you literally track me down at Kansas City Beer Company, which is where the Bundesliga has its home in Kansas City. You can follow uh, many of our other uh, guest panelists uh, that we have been uh, been joining us throughout the number of episodes as this is a f- of course episode 200 i'm bringing on uh some guys who've really helped the podcast uh in recent times that is chris in detroit the motor city chris how are things on the green and white side of life oh everything is greener on this side uh, except the ground. It's covered in white right now. So it's a great, great combination. Um, I'm a little concerned about the way you introduced us as helping the podcast. I don't know about that, but I love being a part of it. I'm glad I stuck around for 200, and I'm looking forward to many, many more. Indeed, indeed. All right. So now that I've uh, done the plugs for uh, our current Eintracht shirt sponsor, it is off to the Big Apple for the man with the best hair on this podcast. Ha! Uh, what? <laughs> it doesn't help that I look like that a fourteen-year-old, is... and <laughs> it doesn't help because I have no facial hair. City. Happy Matt New Year, in Brian. New York City joins uh, us with our facial hair and him clean shaven, looking like well. How we all did the first time that we drank our first beer. <laughs> well, fuck you. I'm, I'm a bigger man than you today, buddy. I'm drinking some whiskey. Where are you at? Happy Tuesday to you. Ooh. I think that's a later <laughs> segment. You can't bring that up. Sorry, sorry. I'll chug this one it's and get my other one next. All right. Perfectly all right. Yeah. So, folks, 200 episodes. I started this off as a labor of love project in the lead up as Eintracht was plowing its way through the 16-17 season. Eintracht finished uh, the bottom half of the Bundesliga table, but thoroughly safe from any threat of relegation. Uh, it was more the fact that Eintracht qualified for the DFB Pokal final about 11-12 years past since the Eintracht had last qualified for the final under the Niko Kovac era. It was a fun time to be uh uh, I tracked fans starting this podcast. I ended up uh, joining up with a couple of guys who've been great helps. Roman in Bad Fulbul. Uh Roman has been a major contributor over the numerous episodes 
And uh, Roman's rant is a segment, when in place, is one never to miss. And Nathan in St. Louis, our erstwhile uh, producer, and sometimes uh, live producer extraordinaire, uh, I seem to recall us doing a uh, live recording and in Kansas City uh, during Oktoberfest and how we were able to put that on with one, me not ending up on the floor considering the drinking, two, being able to put out a podcast that actually sounds listenable. The man does an epic job at putting this crazy cast together. And I uh, need to salute the those guys who first uh, helped me out and getting the podcast up and running. Couldn't have done it without those guys. And then I had added piece by piece this motley crew that we have here as well. And hey, it's never been more fun to talk about the Eintracht, especially when you're talking about a team that in the last couple of years has consistently qualified for a European competition and actually finally won our first piece of silverware since the 80s. It's been a wonderful time to be an Eintracht fan, boys. I don't know who wants to talk first about the love of the Eintracht, but Chris, I will kind of go in your direction. I think you found the podcast format. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if I did. I'll just claim it right now. <laughs> but I can tell you the, the, time and, the time and place where I found it. I don't remember the match, but I know what I was doing. Uh, I was living in Germany, down in Bavaria, and I was mowing my lawn. And I was headed to a Frankfurt match, and I was the next day, and I was like, I need some tunes. I need some some Frankfurt fan music to listen to. So I searched on track Frankfurt on, on whatever device I was on at the time, and and up comes, hey, on track Frankfurt. And I was like, I know that song, hey, on track Frankfurt. Then I hear Brian talk. I'm like, what the hell? This isn't that song. <laughs> but I started listening, and it got me through the hot afternoon mowing the lawn. And I was like, hey, this is pretty cool. I got to tune in more often. I clicked subscribe, like everybody listening now should have done by now, if you're listening. Um, but once I got subscribed, it became what I listened to on the three-hour drive to... Uh, Frankfurt from the town I lived in in Bavaria and it became a part of my game day routine or my post game driving home being miserable uh, listening to Brian's awful predictions <laughs> on the episode prior so it, you know it became just kind of part of the thing and when I moved back to the states uh, Brian was like hey let's chat about how much you like Frankfurt I was like, yeah let's do that and it brought a part of being there back home with me which is cool because I loved Eintracht Frankfurt before I moved there, and then I just fell in love while I was there. Uh, it, and now coming back and having this connection to our American listeners, our international listeners, has really just been a full circle thing that I enjoy every minute of being a part of. And uh, the fact that you have someone else to just talk about Eintracht and hockey at the very same, in the very same breath is a unique one in and of itself, I think. <laughs> which is not, yes, which absolutely. is not, because a lot of Frankfurt fans are actually hockey fans as well. So you guys are actually right in the ballpark. I'm the odd one out here. <laughs> hey, no, hey, you're, you're still you're young. There's time to switch you. Yeah. You got three But, you know, he doesn't really choices. have a good team out there either. You got three choices that are a couple of subway rides away. That's true. 
That is very true. <laughs> I feel like being a Rangers fan, though, is the hockey equivalent of being a Frankfurt fan because you have lots of legendary names, but you got to wait once in a generation for your team to be good. So I'll tell you what, Matt, if you get on board with your team there in New York right now. more Islanders than anything else. By the time you have grandkids, the Rangers will have an opportunity to win another championship. <laughs> yeah, I, no, and the city will burn. Well, the Rangers will win a championship before the Jets will, so that's for damn sure. Oh, that, that my Lions will win a championship before the Jets. <laughs> and my uh, oh, wait, that's a good got, one. Wait, I've seen I've seen championships. You're not allowed Lions. to talk football, Brian. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Um. Yeah. Of both varieties plus baseball. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've seen I've seen I've seen all the championships all within the last decade in my local hometown. Look, I'm very spoiled for that when it comes to our hometown, and everyone's probably like. Dude, you guys are supposed to be talking about Eintracht Frankfurt. And yes, we have a this deep love of Eintracht. And actually, the first time that I got to speak with Matt, I almost thought that that was a more dichotomy of the way that most Eintracht fans, you know, know the club now. You've known the club for the history that it currently that it has had in the past but you also know it for the success and the promise of success that the team currently provides under this glasner you know chop and change era that we used to be living in that uh i think matt you once said was basically like watching the bachelor or bachelorette my favorite moment. I mean, I'm, at this point, I'm uh, fairly happy that Glasner has found, uh, you know, his bachelorette. He seems like they're, they're, they're very, very happy together right now. You know, we haven't been losing games, run an eight-game win streak, you know. Um, you know, the engagement's looking really well. You know, let's hope they make it to the wedding, which is obviously Champions League spot. Um, so... I don't know. You know, I wish I wish with the Bachelor show, you know, they would show you the after. You know, not the process, because like that was the ugliest part for us here. I would I love the after part of it. So maybe maybe ABC can switch over to you know the after part of the Bachelor, not the the the, trend. the wedding, the kids. So what is what is the equivalent of winning the Meisterschale, the Bundesliga? Oh my god! I don't think there's anything comparable, Brian. Like I literally nothing. Like. I, I like, yeah, I think I about think, this. Like, death is like a close second to like winning it. Like, if I have to die for a Meisterschale, I may consider. Like, <laughs> 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 I may consider. The, the Pokal yeah. win for me was more of a watching it, and my friends around me were like, oh my gosh, this is so awesome. Like, I don't even know what the hell I'm doing. It then kind of exploded out, and next thing I know, uh, and there's video out there. I will, uh, I will share I a video of me reacting to that because that was the same day I graduated from college, and so when Frank, when Gatchinovich went on that Have run, you recovered yet? No, can't you tell by the I mean, hair? That's a hell of a day. <laughs> that's a hell of a day. Um, I, I I literally I don't know I I I'll I'll, sh- I'll, po- I'll post a video on Instagram of me freaking out, but I'm literally just like shirtless with like a my Frankfurt flag around it, and like I, I already lost my voice because I obviously went out the night before, but I'm just like screaming like <laughs> just like dying at the same time, like trying to get something out of me. Uh, I'll share that on Instagram for the people to enjoy and stuff, but uh, 
that was a that was a heck of a moment. Like I like if that 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 put me over the top of the moon. Like I was like, okay, obviously I was happy by graduating, you know, college, but Frankfurt winning a Pokal, hello, that that doesn't happen a lot. You know, that's unexpected. Yeah. You know what I'll say is that we've experienced I mean, personally I grew up in a city with a lot of not winning a lot now, but we grew up with a lot of winning teams here in Detroit. And Brian, three winning senior teams. teams. Three winning yeah, teams. Like, I mean, whatever. But I grew up around winning. And you more recently have experienced winning close to you. And it's mm-hmm. tangible because the whole city is there. You can't go anywhere without seeing the colors, without talking about it. But when it's a club like this where you're part of what here in the States is a very, very niche group, not just the Bundesliga fans, but then to be part of the Eintracht family here in the United States. I mean, when somebody recognizes my hat or jacket that I'm wearing around town, we stop and talk. We engage. <laughs> we, you know, it, it's a different level. So when I was celebrating that victory, the same as you guys, I didn't really know what to do because I was celebrating with a handful of people that understood what I was feeling. But it was just different, and it. I think it meant a little more because none of us had experienced that kind of. I was, you know, not even following the club for the '88 win. I mean, it, none of us had experienced a feeling like that before, and it was definitely a unique. We one. definitely got robbed too against Dortmund the, the the year before, which well, well, I guess we didn't get robbed. It just felt like we got robbed because we sucked. But we mm. we. I mean, Rebic had us all feeling good early, and. You know, thought we were going to run away with it. Yeah. Yeah, and then penalties happened. <sighs> we won it. Who cares? We won it. We won it the year after. It doesn't matter. It got fired. It got fired. <laughs> yeah, we beat Bayern. I we, just sent you. I just sent you guys a video great, too. And it made a gr- what it made was a great segment on uh, Amazon Prime series called "This Is Football," uh, episode three, uh, entitled "Chance." Had a lot going on. Uh, from our club president, who also has a message that will be uh, kind of shared with us <laughs> in just a few moments. Uh, wonderful. I'd follow, the, I'd follow that man into the deeping bowels of hell just to just to hear another one of his just rallying cries because that man just inspires everything. Peter Fisher, though. He, he can make you run uh, through a brick wall. Uh, like if he if uh-huh. he told me to jump off a bridge, I'd do it twice. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But we've been talking about some of our favorite bits about being an Eintracht fan. I'd like to share my favorite bit now. We'll splice this into the episode. Um, it was that Roman and I were able to talk with, uh, to me, the most enticing member of the Eintracht Frauen uh, team, Laura Freigang, which I know for you, uh, Chris, living in uh, Big Ten country, starting to, and we'll just let her take over from here. So here, here it is, our interview with Laura Freiking. So an interesting, you've had an interesting um, 
youth career. Uh, born in Kiel in the north of Germany. Uh, you started, uh, like, you had a major part of your youth career. Uh, you went down south uh, compared to Kiel, uh, down to Mainz before heading to the United States. What was the, what was the drawing factor of you coming to the United States and uh, playing at the collegiate level uh, here in the USA? I think uh, the main reason was that I kind of um, missed having fun playing soccer because, um, I mean, I played in the second league before going to the U.S. and it's definitely definitely a different sort of appreciation or maybe less appreciation, you could say, of uh, women's soccer, at least in the second league in Europe. So um, when I got the opportunity to visit Penn State and I also visit, visited Florida State, I just I got to experience uh how different that could be um and i noticed right away i mean um how professional it is at the college level um and i really i felt like the first time i stepped foot on campus i could feel the atmosphere and how that was different to to germany and i really wanted that and i got exactly what i expected after that visit i mean i i went to penn state and i had an amazing time for two years was it a big change again coming to Germany, playing in the Bundesliga, the Frauen-Bundesliga? For sure, in, in many different ways. Um, I felt like I really had to grow up in a lot of ways. Um, first, it was it was very tough coming from the U.S. where you have all your teammates around you all the time. There's always something going on. And yeah. then I moved into an apartment by myself for the first time. I mean, I had a roommate, but still... Um, I had to take care of everything myself. I missed so many bills. You can't yeah. even <laughs> imagine. It was so tough. And then also, I mean, as I mentioned, the college level, profession, it's so professional. And even the Bundesliga here can't even compare to all the facilities, really? to all the yeah. possibilities you have. It's just insane. I mean, at least at Penn State, and I know that's the case for a lot of colleges. Um, so I kind of had to go back to you know, to being a little more humble with, you know, everything that we yeah. have. You kind of take it for granted after being at Penn State for two years that you have a huge weight room and, and 25 coaches around you all the time taking care of you. That's just not reality in Europe necessarily. That was kind of something that was hard for me to adjust to. Um, yeah, and then also just not being happy with the way I played my first season in Frankfurt, to be honest, because... Mm -hmm. As I mentioned, I, I had to get used to it, and I didn't feel like I could really force my style of play on the opponents and just do my thing. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm all good now. <laughs> Two yeah. years later, it just took a little while, but for sure it was tough. Cool. Yeah, I, this this I can totally imagine when you when you have a switch like this. Uh, were you in a dorm in the U.S., in Penn State? I or? was for two yeah. years, actually, yeah. <laughs> because yeah. um, the year that I should have moved out of the dorms, so my mm -hmm. sophomore year, We only had like three seniors and there was no spots open. We lived in, in houses. Um, so there was no spot at a house open and I didn't plan on moving into some house yeah. off campus. So I just stayed in the dorms for another year. So I had the full, full dorm experience. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you seem to really miss the dormitory experience. Is there anything else that you miss about uh, living in uh, the close confines of State College? And to preface for some people where State College is, it's smack dab in the middle of uh, Pennsylvania where you're just surrounded by mountains and woods. 
nice and picturesque. I couldn't, I couldn't even tell you because I felt like the two years I really only walked around on, on campus and downtown. I didn't see, I, I saw nothing in Pennsylvania. I didn't, I didn't go to Philadelphia. I didn't go to Washington. Really, I just, I was at Penn State the whole time, and I really got to value my teammates and just the people around me. That was what was most important to me, and that's what I kind of could rely on the whole time and and those people made the time so amazing not necessarily I mean there was no big city near or anything crazy to do it was just the football games and hanging out with your teammates basically maybe going to a party every once in a while in spring um but yeah at the end of the day I missed the all the people there that I spent such great times with and um I love the whole atmosphere there and the way that I mean, it's just a different lifestyle a little bit. Yeah. And the way um, everybody thinks about life, it just feels like it feels a little different to mm-hmm. to Europe. I don't know how, whether you can, whether you know what I mean. It's just, it's just a crazy atmosphere. And I miss that for sure. For, and of course, we want you to get the Torschützen Kanone, right? So that's, yeah. uh, that's what we'll be rooting, rooting for as well. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I mean, I hope I can score more and maybe also in the right moment. I felt like I did score a decent amount of times, but I mean, the past couple of games that were tough for us, I couldn't really help the team with goals. So that's something that always bugs me too. I mean, for example, scoring twice in Zant, but then yeah. losing three to two, that's not something I'm too proud of them. Yeah. It's just, it just sucks. <laughs> Yeah, totally. I mean, but you know, as a, as a soccer player, you know, things happen when they happen and you just yeah. got to stay on it. And the most important thing is what you mentioned at the beginning, you know, while you moved into to the U.S. is when you missed having fun. I think we can see that you are having fun again. And I think all of you, like when I watch, I mean, obviously I can't watch the full matches in, in, to that extent, but mm-hmm. uh, whatever we can see is we can see you, you guys having a lot of fun on the pitch, loving to play. And it seems like you got a good team spirit. So I think... We're we're in and for that's a treat. How it should be, right? Exactly, exactly. That's the base. Exactly, and it's only the first season as Eintracht Frauen, right? So there are many to come. Yes, hopefully. Uh, you've recently, uh, to take things away from the Eintracht discussion, you've recently uh, made great strides with the uh, the National Mannschaft. Uh, You've got a, a nice hat trick that you were able to score in English shot against Greece. Uh, I foresee with the goal scoring uh, your prowess that you've shown with the Eintracht that you're going to continue this with the German national team um, is at, at a, is your goal for as an international player to be is it to be ne- the next step for you to be participating in Japan at the uh, with the the Olympics or are you looking further down the line to even uh, the European Championship in uh, I guess that will be uh, 2022 now Unfortunately, we are not qualified for the Olympics, so even if that would be my goal, that would be impossible. Um, So that means, though, that I I will have the chance to further show myself uh, in friendly games, which um, for me maybe is an advantage. Um, And, yeah, I I hope I'll get the chance uh, a couple more times to to show what I can do for the national team. I know I... I uh, got pretty lucky to, to get so many good assists in the game against Greece. I think I was uh, in the right place uh, at the right time, but I, I, I hope I can show 
uh, what I can do more um, throughout the, the following year. And obviously it'd be a dream and a goal for me to, to play at a, at a European championship. I mean, that'd be amazing. But I know that there's so many good players in Germany and that is still a far, far way to go for me to, to really have my foot in the door and, and make a difference. Well, you know, we need a new bigot prince here in Frankfurt, right? So you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I don't think that's a process I can feel. Oh, never say never. Never say never. <laughs> we'll see. Well, you know, one thing is already different. Bigot prince never played for Eintracht Frankfurt, right? So that's already a big difference. <laughs> right, right. No, nobody compares to her, to be honest. Yeah. I, I don't even want to make any comparisons. She's, she, I mean, she's one of a kind. She always will be. Um, that's for sure. Have you met her? Is she like available for you guys or? She's actually uh, on the staff uh, with the women's national team. So I have uh, talked to her, uh, with her a couple of times. Uh, you've recently, uh, to take things away from the Eintracht discussion, you've recently uh, made great strides with the, uh, the national Mannschaft. Uh, You've got a, a nice hat trick that you're able to score in English shot against Greece. Uh, I foresee with the goal scoring, uh, your prowess that you've shown with the Eintracht that you're going to continue this with the German national team. Um, is at, at a, is your goal for as an international player to be, is it to be ne the next step for you to be participating in Japan at the, uh, with the, the Olympics or are you looking further down the line to even uh, the European championship in uh, I guess that will be uh, 2022 now? Unfortunately we are not qualified for the Olympics so even if that would be my goal that would be possible. <laughs> um, oh, so that means though that I, I will have the chance to further show myself uh, in friendly games which um, for me maybe is an advantage. Um Uh, yeah, I, I hope I'll get the chance uh, a couple more times to to show what I can do for the national team. I know I uh, got pretty lucky to, to get so many good assists in the game against Greece. I think I was uh, in the right place uh, at the right time, but I, I, I hope I can show uh, what I can do more um, throughout the, the following year. And obviously it'd be a dream and a goal for me to, to play at it at a European championship, I mean, that'd be amazing. But I know that there's so many good players in Germany and that is still a far, far way to go for me to, to really have my foot in the door and, and make a difference. Well, you know, we need a new bigot prince here in Frankfurt, right? So you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I don't think that's a process I can feel. Oh, never say never. Never say never. <laughs> uh, we'll see. Well, you know. One thing is already different. Birgit Prince never played for Eintracht Frankfurt, right? So that's already a big difference. <laughs> right, right. No, nobody compares to her, to be honest. Yeah. I, I don't even want to make any comparisons. She's, she, I mean, she's one of a kind. She always will be. Um, that's for sure. It's been great having you on. We hope that we might be able to speak to you perhaps a little further down the lines. But in the meantime, best of luck uh, for the remainder of the season. And hopefully you'll be lifting at minimum for you as an individual at the toll Schuster Canon. And hey, why not the Dave Pokal at the end of the season in Cologne? Huh? Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. And Chris, she's talking about, you know, being in Pennsylvania being at Happy Valley, being in State College, and you had to have thought in your head, you're like, this is a girl who just gets the big, t the, 
I mean, you've you've grown up in Michigan. Big Ten is life, and you had to have thought this girl gets it. This girl, yeah. I can rally around. This girl, I can totally uh, see my daughter emulating in the near term future. <clears throat> you get the you get the feeling in that interview. As I listened to it a second time, I think I've listened to it three or four times now. Um, she really enjoyed the entire college experience. And if you ever have that opportunity in the United States, it's where sports um, marries college life. There's nothing like it elsewhere in the world where club sports are the thing. And I get the sense that for her, she was kind of shocked by what she saw. It was this idea to come to a, a different place and keep developing as a soccer player, but also grow up as a person, which you do in college, no matter where you go to school. But when those two things collide, the way that, that America puts sports and education together, we don't always get it right. But for the student athlete uh, leaving their home and going to a new place and having that experience, you can just tell from her passion for all things state college and God bless her. I hope she enjoyed the creamery there because <laughs> my goodness, that ice cream is amazing. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm just really happy that she had that time here. I wish I had known about her um, and that she would be going to Frankfurt because I would have paid a little more attention. Uh, but it's just really cool to have that connection here in the Midwest where, you know, football is always king here. Uh, but soccer, especially in Pennsylvania, soccer in central Pennsylvania is a really big deal. And it's cool that she got to bring some European flair to that. Now, uh, Matt, I will let you toot your own horn on your own uh, college uh, experience uh, whilst being a baller at the same exact time. So, yeah, kind of kick it off there. I mean, it was interesting because, you know, obviously, you know, I've been in the States since 09 or yeah, 08, 09. And obviously, I've had that youth academy experience playing back in Germany. Um, I wasn't allowed to play in Russia, actually, because I didn't have a Russian passport, which was annoying. So I had to play in a co-ed like league for four of the four years I lived there. And then in England, you know, you you are, um, you know, we played, I played against like Chelsea's like U9 and stuff like that. Or sorry, Chelsea's U11 or whatever, what age group I was. But it's it's completely different because they're like even at that young of an age you know um it's all about soccer it's all about soccer like i even had some classes for soccer like some trainings we you know we go into like the um not like a locker room but like in the they called it like the, the shula which is like a school building and all we would do is just look at like you know video footage of, and we're like 11 10 years old you know but it's it's crazy because at that young of an age it helps you develop to become professional you know at a young age in the united states it seems like um it's a huge combination, but it's only it, soccer is the only sport where college isn't really a favor to it. Uh, maybe for the female side of things, not for the male side of things, because a lot of kids that um, a lot of D one schools that you know get kids from you know overseas and stuff like that. Yeah, they'll play a couple of years in MLS and stuff like that. But they don't actually make anything big over you know overseas. You know, they they kind of just scraped some kids from like the academies teams and whatnot to bring them over to college. Um, I had the lucky experience of playing D three soccer and no one gave a shit. <laughs> so it was, it was, it, I, it was perfect for me. You know, obviously my dreams and hopes to become professional soccer, you know, got crushed and whatnot, but the, I would never trade the experience for it, you know, because it's, you know, what Laura said is, you know, very true. Like 
literally grow up as a person while at the same time doing something that you love, you know, like you have all these experience that, you know, you learn from yourself and, you know, from your friends and like, you know, you make lifelong friends in college, you know, and I'm sure Laura still has friends, um, in, uh, you know, in Pennsylvania and everything like that, that she, you know, still is in contact with, you know, it's a, it's definitely more of a camaraderie thing than like a professional thing. So that's my take on that. And, you know, she talked about something that whether you're an athlete or not, you, if you go to college, you have a hard time with the adjustment of schedules and being up for class and having the discipline to go to class. And I tell a lot of people from other countries that try to understand American athletics and how it's beneficial. And I explain to them that, that when you go to college as an athlete, there are certain requirements you have to meet. And by making those adjustments, learning to go to class and schedule in your workouts and be at practice and stay academically eligible to play, that makes you a stronger person outside of your sport as well. And you can see that with her, the immediate impact she's had as a young player with On Track Frankfurt. Part of that is her growth uh, in the college experience she had at Penn State. 100%, 100%. Staying in the Big Ten country, we have a message from Wisconsin. And uh, yeah, we'll let our friend uh, and previous guest, Matt, take it from here. Hey, it's Matt Herman from Talking Foosball here. Uh, it's amazing to uh, to hear that, hey, I'm Talked Frankfurt has made it up to 200 episodes. Um, as you know, I'm a longtime podcaster. I know how um, tricky it is to keep going week after week, month after month. And um, I really congratulate you for for reaching this milestone. And uh, I'd be happy to come on at any time in the future, as I have in the past, uh, and and let you know how Freddie Bobich is doing uh, trying to renovate another Traditionsverein. Good on you guys. I'd like to thank uh, Matt Herman for his many, many contributions to this podcast. Uh, Got to point out that when I first started this podcast, I had actually looked at the way that they began their own. Now, granted, they were all working for Deutsche Welle and the likes in Germany. But, uh, yeah, it was the love of Eintracht that drew me to this and this podcast. So, Chris, you kind of mentioned how you got introduced to the podcast. Are you ready to uh, uh, bring in your favorite moment of the podcast and tee it up? I am going to divulge something. There is no recording of my favorite moment. And this is a story I've never even told the host of this show. So oh, exclusive. Get ready for story. Exclusive. This is this is an exclusive. And when I was talking to my wife about episode two hundred, she's like, You haven't told the story yet. If you don't tell this story, I'm never giving you the free time to go on that podcast again. So I gotta tell the story now. So buckle up. The year was uh, 2017, and I bought tickets to another Frankfurt match. Couldn't tell you who we played. Couldn't tell you what month it was. Uh, We'll have to go back and check the electronic device for this one. Because I had so much fun listening to the podcast before the game. And uh, it had to be early, right? Because you started late 2016 or early 2017? Early 2017, yeah. Yeah. So it had to be late in the year there in in the spring. And we go to the match and, you know, I enjoyed myself. I had some beverages and Frankfurt was losing. So I had even more beverages. So afterwards, my wife is with me. We're leaving the Vault Stadion and we're out in the forest. 
And I was like, hey, I know a faster way back. Ah, I've been there before. <laughs> <laughs> she says, she says, no, the train's this way. Just keep going through the forest. I was like, no, we can go to the other side of the stadium, take the streetcar line, and that'll be faster. She's like, no, you have no idea what you're talking about. Stop it. And one thing led to another. We got separated, right? So she's calling me. She gets on the train and goes downtown. She's smart. <laughs> She, my wife is a genius. Um, she's like, he can handle himself. So I start walking and walking and ignoring her calls an hour and a half later. Um, finally, I'm lost and my phone's at like 3%. So what do I do? I turn on, hey, I'm track Frankfurt. And I start listening to the podcast with what 3% is left in my battery. At that point, I come to a fence and my German is very poor. I can't read the sign. I start to climb the fence. It's a fucking electric fence. <laughs> Holy crap. Holy crap. I, Did you get stunned? I believe I believe it was like a horse stable or something. I didn't stick around to find out. Um, ouch. Do you know which <laughs> I way got you Jurassic. were walking towards? Because I'm like, I know exactly what path you're taking so, from. But like, when right. you get to like we the are- horse's stables, do you make that left or did you make that right? <laughs> I love that somebody else understands my pain. Here. I don't. I don't know where I went. I don't know where I went. What direction I was. But I'm gonna share on our Instagram the Google Maps of my walking around that night because it was tracking every single step. And by the time my wife came to get me, three hours after the match had ended, um, I had walked several miles, but never been more than a half mile away from the stadium. My <laughs> God. Um. But Brian, I will say that your discussion of the upcoming match, which was entirely incorrect based on the way it played out, helped to get me through a dark time. And it provided a memorable experience for my wife and I. Um, After she comes and picks me up in an Uber, my battery's at 1%. (laughs) We head back downtown and we're sitting there in a restaurant and she's staring at me. And, you know, I'm looking at her all giggly because I got a burger in my mouth and I I don't even know the frustration she's feeling at the time. And she goes, we're never coming back to the city. You realize that, right? Like, well, why not? She's like, because every time you come here, you have way too much. (laughs) (laughs) So that's my experience. Um, It's not directly related to the podcast, but it's a memorable experience around the reason we love the podcast. And I'm going to be sure to share that map because it is truly one of the most mind boggling things. When I look back at it, Um, I haven't yet learned the German word for warning electric fence. It's it's that far off. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I got. It's all right. There's a couple of drinks that you had in yourself. So, she told me I could not do another episode unless I shared that story. There you go. Now you have permission to do future, uh, episode 201 and thereafter. Right. But our favorite bit to break up everything is always hashtag what are we drinking. Um, I'm st- I'm going first, boyos, because uh, Kansas City Beer Company provides me with so much drinking companions. I have the Schwarz beer. It is back. The Black Lager. I can't get enough of this, mostly because it is. They jokingly have said 
it's almost like it's beer just brewed for you and you're the one who drinks the most of it for every day that uh, is a match day at the Bundesliga. So that's what I got. I am drinking some old-fashioned whiskey. I wish I remembered the bottle, but I don't because I have a couple. But that's what I'm drinking. (laughs) (laughs) So the homework that I did for this episode naturally revolved around my favorite segment. Um, I have a streak for the uh, 70-some episodes I've done. I have had a whole lot of booze. I have not missed a single episode with a chance to share a drink. But there's one drink I've never shared, and that is tequila. Oh. Of all the shows I've done, I've never shared tequila. Mostly because and, something probably bad yeah. happens. <laughs> I was drinking beer in the stadium that day, I'll have you know. But uh, so what I decided to do is look at the tequila down in our bar, and I found some delicious stuff from uh, George Clooney, Casamigos. And I was like, hey, there are two things that age finely, uh, this podcast and George Clooney. So the two are a match made in heaven for episode 200. There we go. There we go. All right, that's going to wrap it up for this speed round Uh, And looking back on everything that does involve us and uh, hashtag what are we drinking, uh, coming up next we have an important message from club president Peter Fischer. 200 times Eintracht Frankfurt podcast from Manhattan to New York. All the best. We are very proud about you. In whole America, Eintracht Frankfurt, you make us very, very popular. I wish you all the best for the next 200 or maybe 1,000 podcasts. See you very soon, maybe in the stadium for a football game live in Frankfurt. Bye-bye. Best wishes, Peter. I'd like to thank Peter Fisher for his brief cameo on Hey Eintracht Frankfurt. One can only hope that he will grace our presence, uh, grace us with his own presence in person. Uh, yeah, he can come visit us in New York or Manhattan. So I hope, hope, hope either or. <laughs> yeah, well, it'd be nice once COVID kind of dies down. Uh, we've already done a podcast on COVID. So if anyone needs to look at that, I think that was episode 191. And I and Chris went off. Uh, things have, uh, oh, exactly. No one exactly say uh, gotten better. Things have continued the way they've continued. So here is Nathan's bit for ha- for his moments of the podcast. I think everyone will enjoy these bits from relegation survival history history uh, podcast and uh, from uh, a very special moment. So have a look. The best in the world, for that matter. But we're a little bit biased. Or are we? <laughs> I, I don't think we really are biased. It's official. <laughs> it's official, guys. <laughs> and uh, but it was just like I'm on cloud nine ever since. Like literally, I think I, every couple of hours I look on Twitter and look at some videos, and and it's uh, it's just the shit. It's, I think it's the best thing ever happened to me in soccer history. It's just the coolest thing in the world. What can you do? Finally got there in the end, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, this is the first for me as a fan. Um, it, I, yeah, it it was overwhelming. <laughs> I was alone in a bar by myself, surrounded by 
shit Bayern fans. Ooh. Um, and Shies up Bayern. <laughs> I, I was swimming in their tears. But at the end, who, who, who was the laughing one, right? So, I mean, like, could have been worse. You know, at the end, you were the one winning. For me, this, mm-hmm. is, a cl- this is a club that has embodied, you know, uh, my past, present, and future. And this championship means so much. To that, uh, gentlemen, I say Prost. Especially uh, now. Did you guys wear a spe- Frankfurt jersey to work afterwards? Did you? Oh, absolutely. Isn't that cool? <laughs> uh, yeah. 2011 was something special for me. And, and so, like, I'm, I, I begin to feel what you feel yeah. uh, in that way. Um, I, so I have a little inkling what the Pokal means to you, Roman. <laughs> and to you guys as well. But, but it's, I mean, happiness is always best shared, you know? I mean, especially Nathan, you know, mm-hmm. you were there kind of by yourself. And I mean, it's, uh, I mean, actually, I mean, I was, I was crying and I was like missing my, my whole, my soccer friends, you know, the one that I grew up with. Like I was missing them so much. It was, you know, oh, it's yeah. tough. But I mean, um, you know, life, life, life changes and goes here, there, and at least we are able to to witness this, and um, yeah, it's just fucking amazing. Ante Rebic, you know, pounces once again. He is the he is the the Pokal Meister himself. Oh. I mean, he is legend. The, I mean, he's he's cemented himself as a legend. Three goals in two Pokal finals. I mean, goodness gracious me. What Boateng said, what Rebic told him, what to do. Did he get the Bruder? Schlag the ball yeah. lang. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and I think yeah. you could do all the ta- tactics and whatever. And I don't know what kind of um, uh, Kovac came up with how to play. I mean, like, the, their pressing was, amen- it was amazing. Like, they literally mm-hmm. destroyed Bayerns. They thought it's going to be a walk in the park. And the Frankfurt players knew it's not going to be a walk in the park. Our advantage was that we wanted to win no matter what. Like, even if my mom would have been coach of Frankfurt, you know, <laughs> they would have been totally stamped and stoked and going she crazy. Totally, she totally rolls with the 3-4-3, three, three, doesn't she? Absolutely, doesn't she? she is. And she's a totally, like, Budosh, like the Ballard, you know? So she would totally be into that. However, you know, for Heinkes, the, the, the Munich team, they weren't as hungry as they were used to. And they thought this just got to be walking the park. Because I never believed truly that we could win until the very, very end. And that's where everything broke out and it, it got wild. We kept harassing those guys all match long. And uh, hey, sometimes Lady Luck smiles on you. Sometimes that happens twice if you're Kevin Prince Boateng. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, with the long pass... And Rebic again just outpaces, you know, oh. right Sule and Humos. Good God! Uh, let's hope. We, let's hope that um, that uh, the uh, opposition in the World Cup was not watching that because, woof. And uh, boys, once uh, they pulled everyone to go up, all I can think in my head was like, just clear it, just clear it, just clear it. Yeah. And the little dude that could. The little guy who pisses off us all the stinking time. <laughs> Look, the fans went bananas for Rebic's second goal, but sweet nectar oh. of life. Gasinovich just, 
you could just suddenly hear the roar from the crowd when he just pushes the ball just a couple feet oh my God. to the left. I'm getting goosebumps just by you mentioning that shit, you know, like, holy shit. <laughs> and was I mad when he was put in the As team? he's running and running, he's outpacing those guys. He rips off his shirt. The referee blows full time. Somehow, someone doesn't get a yellow card. I'm still scratching my head about it. I really don't care. Yes, could a foul have happened um, in the months beforehand uh, that turned it into a corner kick? Yes, but... In the bar that I was at, at the end of the game, starting with that... I mean, obviously, with the goal, I was over the... I was screaming, and uh, there were Bayern fans, and then there was, like, a wedding party behind oh, us, shit. of all things. <laughs> um, I was losing my shit, and but as soon as that goal was scored... Even through all the that that nonsense with the the foul or the supposed foul, the Bayern fans just like came to my side uh, at that point, and they're they're even even with the foul, they're like, yeah, it was fifty fifty. That's not yeah, a foul. same, yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, it, it's it, it's it's your victory. Enjoy it, enjoy it. Um, I had like people coming over. It was there's probably hundreds a hundred people there probably. Oh, wow. um, people coming over and shaking my hand yeah, and yeah. saying congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was pretty great. I loved the the pilot was hoisting the cup out of the jet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is fantastic. That was awesome. That they were celebrating with the team. The the things that I love to see are like the the human aspects yeah. of it. So like the crowds going crazy, but all the players being hoarse as hell because they were screaming the entire night yeah. and probably didn't get a lick of sleep. I love the Offenbacher bags. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was fucking awesome. Alex Maya peeing. Did you see that photo? <laughs> oh, was it him? <laughs> they let the fans, like the president, Peter Fischer, you know, he let the people in the car and he, they were riding with him. There was no distance, you know, it was like, handshakes clapping all the way like i said alex maya peeing you know at a tree and <laughs> and and all this kind of you know it's just so so human you know so original you know yeah i love it and, and you haven't seen i like, loved with all the- I, I loved uh uh jan zimmerman's uh yeah little speech that he gave where he was just digging into the off and back again it was <laughs> it's just so great and, and that shows why those traditional clubs need to win more titles. And I'm saying that not only as a Frankfurt fan, but I want... We challenge, we challenge you to win more exactly. titles. Exactly. We get want... Off, get off your butts. We want Hamburg, Stuttgart, Cologne, all these teams that... Bremen. Bremen, uh, name them. You know, we, we need... We need to stick together. Maybe, maybe not in Nuremberg because uh, we've got some uh, angst between us. Or, well, we'll welcome <laughs> Kaiserslautern back. I'd, I'd rather have Nuremberg win anything than Leipzig, Wolfsburg, and all of these fucking teams. Like, I don't care. Nuremberg. That's that's what what how I'm going to change. Usually, I used to have hatred or like my 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 my, my gravel with the other traditional teams because of history. I think I have to put that aside. Like. That's yeah. <sighs> it's what happens <laughs> when you win a title, and it just means so much to the fans. So, speaking of meaning much to the fans, the fans can get excited because we're going to be in the Europa League. 
Brute phase, uh, yeah. Wir holen den DFB-Pokal und wir werden deutscher Meister. Meister! And who couldn't love Eintracht Frankfurt raising the Pokal? Boys, this has been a long episode as we splice things together, bits and pieces from the history of the Hey Eintracht Frankfurt podcast, episode 200. Um, I'd like to thank all the people who've been able to be a part of this podcast. People uh, seen and unseen. That includes Eintracht Emmy, who occasionally will make her own debuts. That is my own spouse. That is all the guests that we've had over the years. I mean, it's been Derek Ray. Uh, it's been <laughs> Matt Herman. It. It's been Lore Freigang. I mean, I can start going through the entire annals of everyone who's ever been a guest on this podcast, but then, you know, everyone would just say, oh, Brian's ranting again. So, uh, guys, I appreciate you guys so much for everything that you bring to the podcast. At least it's not about Daichi Kamada. Uh, <laughs> we have to have a mention of Kamada Island here uh, before this episode ends, because... I just Kamada I just want to say that my favorite rants are Islands my favorite rants are when Brian talks about Daichi Kamada and how much he loves him and every time he loves him it's like Daichi's just like oh wait Brian talked great about me let me just quickly get nutmeg a hit in the face and then get a yellow card you know what if Eunice had only done a little bit more work in the just everywhere and not thrown his toys out you know it would be Eunice Island. But I don't think I would be alone on Eunice Island. And instead, yeah, Eunice I Island is regret Eunice is trash. Uh. Well, <laughs> yes, you know, is as difficult as it must be being on that island alone. Uh, we got to give you Brian credit <laughs> because you you put this podcast together. You invite us on. You keep us all in line to make sure we're here to record uh, in between our chaotic schedules. And you know, this is a a labor of fun and love for all of us but for you you put so much time into it where we just kind of show up and babble on about horror stories uh in frankfurt um we appreciate you keeping this together and keeping it going and i know the listeners do too well i appreciate that yeah for sure i agree with definitely want to just definitely want to tie with crusty vibe and some of the newer side of things you know it's been uh it's pretty cool because like you know the way i found out about the show was uh i just started listening because i would listen to the german side of things with podcasts but like i never knew there was like an english version of it i just accidentally stumbled upon it and then once i heard your magnificent voice with chris and roman i was just like oh my god these guys are fun i need to be a part of it and like i felt like i could you know be a part of it i, I really you know welcome or thank you for welcoming me you know into this you know just a simple email for saying hey i'd like to help out and uh no really thank you for um you know having me a part of this journey and you know hopefully we go up and up more hopefully we can get you know box seats at, at the Waldstadio, sit next to peter fischer and maybe Max by and then Hamon and hey, maybe by then Commodore yeah. will be on the bench and brian can sit right next to him you guys can drink a beer together that's, That's true, and then Chris, you can show us. You can show us your um, route that you went to. I will give you guys the fence. VIP tour. You got it. That's I'll all give need. you the tour. 
that's going to wrap it up for this episode. The 200th episode of Hey, Eintracht Frankfurt. I'd like to thank everyone who's been involved with the podcast from beginning to end. Uh, not that this is the end. Uh, the end will be when uh, I no longer have, when my voice basically just straight up retires because the love of the Eintracht never, never dies. You just lose your voice from time to time from yelling at the TV screen or yelling in the stadium. So, that all being said, Chris, where can we find you on the social media landscape of the world? I am on Twitter and Discord, giving lots of random rants and uh, thoughts off my mind, at CNTheD313. And Matt, where can we find you? At WAGMA underscore on the Twitter side of things, and then you got to follow our Instagram page because we'll be doing a lot more things on there. We'll be posting a lot more content. It's uh, going to be more engaging. So, uh, hey, I tried Frankfurt as a name. So, uh, if you don't follow, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> yes. and you can... That's the resolution for 2023, right? Exactly. More that is a resolution. Follow the Instagram page. Drop us a like on whatever pot, uh, podcast platform that you follow. Share us like a crap ton more than you share your kids. Um, that should be that should be a, a reasonable resolution for our listeners, shouldn't it? It should don't be. Share it my kid. Be. I don't know if you know how it works. Maybe even an HEF tattoo on their ass cheek. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna wrap it up for episode two hundred. There will be two hundred and one as Eintracht will be continuing on in the Bundesliga now that we have exited the winter pause to kind of give a timeline of where we're at. And uh, you will hear from us again discussing all things Eintracht Frankfurt. So until next time, tschüss. <laughs> 